This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. And today I'm really excited because I am here with Jacqueline, and she is a published author in the Netherlands who has written this amazing book. And Jacqueline, I am not going to be able to pronounce the title. So, <laughs> well, I'll say it in Dutch first. It's Ontwijnen, which could be, if you do it literally, it would be dewine or unwind, but then with an E in, so there would be a pun. So, That's- and then. In the middle of the glass, it says really happy alcohol-free. Oh, that's so cool. That's really neat how you have that pun of unwind, but unwind. I love that. That's awesome. (laughs) So what I'd love to do is kind of just start with your story. So I don't know if you can back us up and just kind of talk through sort of where it all began for you. Where it all began. Well, I have this funny story that on my first birthday, which is uh, December uh, 75, um, my mother still tells me that I, that my grandfather used to give me little sips of his beer and I could just barely walk and I was walking around the table and at my hands on the table and then everybody thought it was so funny in the 70s that I kept on tripping over. <laughs> Terrible. So that's where it started. And wow. And was that common? Or was your grandfather kind of oh, breaking no, no, the rules? No. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous that everybody was still st- telling the story years later. But, you know, in mid-70s, everybody was smoking inside and, and, and it was all funny. And, and no, 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 it wasn't common to give children alcohol, but it's just, you know, it's funny when people ask me, where did it start? I always tell that story. Yeah. But it started as, um, well, every, basically everybody, all my friends and I did when we were going out at like 16, 17 and just trying things. And I remember when I first had my first sip of beer that I just loved that feeling. I loved the feeling. It wasn't that I immediately was hooked and I wanted more and more and more, but I just so remember that warm, fuzzy feeling that I was completely in love with it. And it didn't uh, get big until I was in college. And then uh, we thought it was completely normal to three or four nights a week, get together, bring five or six bottles of wine with the three or four of us and then just have them and be hung over next day at school. And it just went on and on and on and on. And um, I became a mother in 2011. Didn't drink during pregnancy, just quit immediately when I found out. Uh, there was no trouble in quitting there. But I did know that after breastfeeding, I was going to start again. I did know that. And I did after breastfeeding for half a year. And um, well, I thought it was completely normal to three or four days a week, uh, we would put our daughter to bed, take the crystal glasses out, thought it was all so chic and luxurious, and to have lovely wines and drink with the two of us, you know, three bottles. And be yeah. hung over the next day, but you know, just take it as it is, because hey, you know, you've been drinking, so you feel bad, and that, that was fine. And then if friends would come over, um, we would have seven or eight bottles with the four of us, and one, one of them would be driving. And we didn't think that much of it because everybody was doing it. So, you know, what's the big deal? Yeah. And then in the summer of 2016, my husband had a heart attack at age 41. Uh, he had an angioplasty. The cardiologist never asked us about drinking. Uh, he just said, this is from 30 years of smoking. 
uh, and genetics and lots of other factors. And three weeks later, the two of us went uh, away for a weekend because we thought, you know, we just have to go out. We just have to get out of everything and be together. And all we did for those three days was, of course, you know, you can just guess it already, was sit at a terrace and have wine because we had to relax and we had to unwind. And the third day, he was just, just so sick. And we went to a doctor at that place where we were. And she looked at us. And the way she looked at me and she said, what are you doing to yourselves? That was my, that was my moment. And I didn't see it coming, but that was my moment when I thought, it's done, it's done. And then I decided to quit and I didn't know how long I was gonna do it and what I was gonna do with it. And if I was eventually gonna write a book, it just clicked for me. So that was the moment. I didn't have to yeah. force myself into the decision. It just came onto my path. Well, that's really interesting. I feel like for a doctor to kind of have that, it doesn't seem common. You know, often doctors are, you know, not necessarily bringing that up, but was it very specific to alcohol or was she like, what are you doing just in general? Oh, no, no, no. It was, it was specific to alcohol because she said, what have you been doing that he's so sick now? Because he had like a big box of medications and everything. And we didn't think anything of it. Of course we were going to drink because we weren't going to quit that. I mean, hello, that was, that was our thing. That's what we did. And we didn't have one. We had as many as we could have. And of yep. course his body couldn't deal with any of that. So because of that happening, I said, now it's, it's done. So that was two and a half years ago. Best was, decision of my life. That's so cool. And what was, what was his, um, was he in the same boat where he felt the same sort of Okay, just well, done. He, he, when he said to me, he said, uh, well, I'm just going to do it less. And I always knew that he could do less, which always irritated me because sometimes he said, let's just have, let's just split one bottle when we would go somewhere. And I would be annoyed because I would be like, why are we splitting one bottle? Of course, we're going to have a second one. He's always like, he could have two glasses and then quit. And I said, well, you do what you want to do, but this is what I want to do. And I want to stop completely because I don't want to think about what, of course, you always say in your uh, um, YouTube things and everything. Like, why do I want the stress all week about drinking a little bit? I just want to quit completely. And now I am, you know, two and a year, we are two and a half years ahead. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't even want one anymore. She's so happy not having it in my life. That's well, so cool. That's like, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. So then um, after that moment of decision, what did you do next? Uh, well, I counted the days. I, I remember the first 30 days. I really counted the days. And I watched the movie 28 Days with Sandra Bullock. I don't know if you know that movie. Every day for the first 28 days. And I think in retrospect, that it was sort of my therapy. Because I sort of watched it and then there's this scene, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's this scene in the movie at the end where she's in the woods with her sister and it's a long story, but it's basically about not be, or always thinking that you're not good enough. And I didn't understand why I so, I got so emotional every time I watched that scene. But now when I look back, I know because so much has happened in the past two and a half years and I've had so many realizations that the main reason why I have been drinking for, for such a long time is because I always thought that I wasn't good enough. 
and that is the movie I apparently had to watch every day for 28 days to sort of get that through my thick skull. Wow. Wow. That's so powerful. What a cool thing. I wonder if anybody thought when they made that movie that that would happen and then it would result in a book. That's so neat. Um, And then, so how did kind of your friends and family react? Oh, well, you know, uh, because we had so many drinker friends, basically all of them, uh, a lot of them just didn't call me anymore. A lot of them didn't want to talk about it. They sort of uh, 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 took the message and then uh, like, okay, fine. And then sort of hung up on me. I know my in-laws who are not going to watch this podcast, but (laughs) they are still very much annoyed also this Christmas that I am not drinking. Like, oh, well, what are we going to get for you? Like you're such a... Oh, yeah. And then when they come to our house, uh, my mother-in-law always says, I'll just have water. Thank you. With that big smile. And I see on her face that she's sort of like, and I'm so annoyed that we're all not drinking together. Yeah. that face. Um, One of my friends planned a weekend away with her girlfriends, and I'm supposed to be part of that. And she said, I'm not going to take you because you're not drinking. Wow. Yes. I know. So it, it it was very lonely. Yeah. Because of course there are, you know, there's AA and all of that, but it, in this country, there's sort of this idea, and I, I don't know if that's the same in America, but like you don't go to AA unless you're like really down on the ground and you've lost your house and you've lost everything. And that would be the only reason to go there or to seek help at all for something as out, you know, when it has to do with alcohol. Oh, that's so interesting. It's, it, is, it is similar, I think, for a lot of people. I think they're trying to change that. But yeah, it's very much like if you're walking into an AA meeting, pretty much somebody's had an intervention with you or something pretty negative has happened. Um, yeah. I wish it wasn't that way, but that is, that is the case for sure. So do people just get to, you know, defensive then and, and think, well, you must have had a problem that sort of I don't have? Oh, yeah. I know a lot of my drinking friends, uh, well, of course, the first question they would ask me is, how much were you drinking? That is, of course, the first and foremost, like they sort of lean into you with big guys and like, how much were you drinking? How much were you drinking? Yeah. Oh, that's more than me. So you have the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember getting annoyed because I love the choice of not drinking. Uh, uh, and basically I, I ate so much chocolate in the beginning it was ridiculous but I just kept on losing weight and sleeping well and wanting to go onto my bike and go to Amsterdam and go here and go there and everything cleared up skin face eyes all of that and that mirror I think for a lot of people was really hard and still is yeah. It took me yeah. a long time to, uh, like, I, I just had a Christmas party. I mean, it's at night here. It was, I just had a Christmas party from, at my daughter's school. And, of course, everybody was drinking there because it was for free. And um, I think it took me about a year and a half before I could go to parties like this and just and really enjoy myself again. I wouldn't feel anxious or jealous or whatever. I've lost that completely, but it did take time. I now always tell people, give it time, give it time, give it time. I don't, you probably say that as well. It's just. And is that like, do you feel like that's your best advice or was there anything else that you were doing like in that time that helped make it easier? Well, it's, I, I now look back at it that it's phases. 
uh, find people that do the same thing, but I couldn't find anyone. I was alone in the whole thing for the first six or seven months. Only after that, when I decided I have to do something with this and you know make an, an online program uh, for this country and write a book and all of that, that has basically been my therapy as well, just writing it all down and, and getting all those memories back and thinking about it. But it was hard not being able to talk to anyone about it who wasn't judgmental. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was really hard. And like th that face, that sort of pitiful face, like, Oh, so you're, you have a drinking problem. Mm, that's really bad. Like with that, and then going away to get another drink, right? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so I did cry a lot in the beginning. Uh, like all of, like out of the blue, like my first Christmas, I quit on July 22nd. And then my first Christmas in 2016, my brother came into the room and I was, uh, you know, uh, making soup and being happy and oh, I have my first alcohol-free uh, Christmas. And he took the old French wine out of his bag and then the tears ran down my face. Mm. And, my mom, and my mom said, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, I'm not part of that anymore. And I, it just really felt like I'm not part of that family ritual and I'm out. That's what it felt like. It, it went away within 10 minutes, but it did come over me like that big wave and um that's and so but just you'd say just time there was a question i was going to ask you about that specifically um oh did was there ever a time that you really sort of thought well forget this then i'm just gonna go back or no, no. i did have discussions in my head um like Oh, maybe I should do it six times a year. Maybe I should do it just uh, every month. Or, and then immediately I would say to myself, that's ridiculous. And yeah. I think in the beginning of this year, when I read your book, This Naked Mind, I, I don't know, there was one of the chapters somewhere in the back where I said, and now I'm over that hill and I say, I am done. It's forever. It's true. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's like, that's I don't so know cool. which chapter. I'm sorry. I should have prepared better. But there was, there was something in there where I said, yes, 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 that is, that resonates with me. And now I found my freedom. That's amazing. Oh. That's really cool. And now having written the book and then so many Dutch people uh, saying, oh, there's finally something that resonates with me as well. Like I can identify with. So that's awesome. So how did, how did the book come about? Well, it's my ninth book because I've been writing, uh, I'm a detox and, and nutrition writer, have been for years. <laughs> oh, talking about faking it behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, I was eating my rice cakes, but then, you know, washing them down with Chardonnay, so to, so to say. And uh, so for me, it was normal to, to have the urge to write a book about it, but it did feel like coming out of a closet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was a big, big, big process to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But I, I just had to do it because I figured I have to come out with all my stories about falling off my bike, um, all my scars, literally everything that happened, all my crazy stories, uh, all the men I took home in my late 20s, everything that was going on and just come clean and, and hopefully inspire people. And uh, 
so that is working out. And, and so you know that for me. So oh, that's I'm so awesome. happy to be able to tell you now. That's so cool. Yeah. So you had probably, I'm assuming, like a pretty big audience in the detox nutrition area. How did they react? Yes. Uh, I only got one email of someone that was really mad who said, <laughs> who said, you've been leading me on for years. And I think I had about 500 emails of readers that said, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that you are expressing this and and." I don't want to say humanize yourself, but sort of like saying, hey, I'm a woman. I had my struggles. I've had this. Uh, this is what happened to me. And uh, so luckily, most of them were uh, like, okay, I'm surprised. And, but I, I, I'm still, I don't want to say fighting, but I'm still, and I'm, I was so fascinated by you having that, there was this post about the label, the alcoholic label that uh, um, I'm finding that every day that people want to label you all the time, like, where are you? Are you are you just that? Are you just a drinker? Are you an alcoholic? Are you this? Are you that? And people get really sort of nervous when I once said to someone, I don't care if you call me that. I don't care if you don't call me that. Whatever. And that's sort of unnerving for people. Do you recognize yes. that or hear that? Yeah. For sure. I think that people... Um... I actually was on a podcast recently and the podcast started, I was being interviewed and the podcast started with, um, it was, it was for a recovery show and the podcast started with the woman right before we started recording said, okay, so I'm not going to try to bait you or trap you. And so I'm thinking like, okay, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> and one of her first questions were like, you know, so how long have you been an alcoholic? And I was like, well, I don't call myself an alcoholic. And so we had this whole sort of conversation about it. And I think that obviously is kind of in a more public forum. But certainly I think people get very uncomfortable when they can't put you into a category because then what do they do with you and what does your behavior mean about their behavior? So if you're not an alcoholic, but you stop drinking, what does that mean for them? Yeah. And I think the reason it's so scary yeah, right. is because they don't have a, they don't, they can't see the other side of it, right? Like I remember for me, it was terrifying to think about drink, like quitting alcohol because I felt like it was, you know, the glue holding my whole life together. There's no way I was going to be able to just quit it. Not, not only did I feel like I would be devastated, but I also feel like I just didn't know how and I wouldn't be successful because by the way, I'd been trying to control it and cut back for a long time. And so I just, um, if somebody, you know, was like, I, I would have, I think that's the thing is we try to put people in categories in order to, it's only for, it has nothing to do with the person we're putting in the category. It has everything to do with ourselves, but we're just trying to make ourselves feel safer and more secure. And what you've done is you've introduced like a third person, like not an alcoholic, not, not an alcoholic, just somebody who decided they would be happier not drinking, just like your book cover says. And that's like, whoa, what do I do with this third person? <laughs> yeah, when I just had the book out, I have comments on Facebook. I don't know if you recognize that. People say, with the rope. Uh, uh, oh, we, that is a wonderful book to light the fire with. Stuff like hundreds of comments like that. And the only thing uh, the post said was, uh, it's out now, this book. 
Wow. So yeah. I worked up just by the title. Yeah. I, so, um, I did. I'm going to do it. Sorry. I was just going to say I did something similar right before I published. We came up with three or four different versions of the cover and it was just me and um, DeAndre who works for me on my team now, but at the time he was, um, he was actually just a friend and we came up with three or four different versions of the cover and his wife had actually done the illustrations and they were really beautiful and really cool. And so we put them all out on social media and we had people vote on them. We're just like, which cover do you like best? I'm writing my first book. And like that post on LinkedIn specifically got 33,000 comments because it, it ignited such a fight almost. Like people started just, I mean, everything you could imagine just came out because I said, what, what yeah. book cover do you like yeah. best? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, it was just amazing. And I now got invited to a Dutch talk show who said, you've touched a really, really, really big nerve in this country. And I said, hell yeah. And I'm ready. Let's go. That's so, so awesome. Exciting. Yeah. That's so, so there's cool. This, there's this whole explosion. It's so nice. Uh, I mean, Rebecca Weller, there's Catherine Gray. There's, of course, you, you, you. Oh, you've created so many awful, it, awesome things. It's it's like it's we're all coming out of the. I mean, you've you've been alcohol free for how long? Four years. Four years, and you created a naked mind like three years ago or two years ago. Or, yep. And it's exploded as well. I mean, yeah. you're a worldwide phenomenon. Everybody that comes into my pro program says, "Have you read any Grace?" And done all of that. So you're oh, that's being awesome. famous. Everywhere. <laughs> well, it was cool yesterday. Um, we, I actually was filming with Good Morning America, which is very cool because yeah, it's the largest like show over here, daytime television show. And we actually made mocktails. We filmed at a bar. Um, they filmed at a right. distillery, which I posted that picture on Instagram. And lots of people are like, why are you at a distillery? This doesn't make any sense. And I was like, well, I think that, I mean, the book is like, it's all about like my next book, The Alcohol Experiment, which is just a 30 day challenge. It's not necessarily quit forever. It's just another place for people to enter the conversation without the scary, am I an alcoholic? Do I have a problem question? Yeah. But just the question of like, okay, would my life be better if I didn't drink? Let me take an experiment. Let me find out. Let me be the guinea pig in my own life and decide if it's really true. So anyway, we're making mocktails behind the bar and they're filming it. It's really cool. It felt like cooking show style or whatever. And um, the bartender uh, started asking about like, well, you know, do you get a lot of requests for mocktails? And he said, I, in the last year, I've gotten more requests for mocktails than I have in my entire like ever really? all combined. And he said, it's like this alcohol free craze. He yeah. said it used to just be pregnant women, but now it's like everybody and they're just really coming out of the woodwork and it's just the time, you know, people really want to look at this and, and make yeah. a change, which is just so yeah. cool. Yeah. I said it recently to a big reader group that was still busy about uh, quinoa and all of that. I said, honey, you should stop drinking because I can't lose weight and I'm still not sleeping and I'm drinking my green smoothies. And I said, that is your last hurdle. That is the last one to go. But yeah. It's the hardest one. Yeah. But, yeah. But it's the best one. So yeah. Sick. Yeah. And everything really does kind of change on the other side of it. So what are your plans now? Yeah. Talk shows, stuff like that? Oh, gosh, yes. And build an international network with all of you. 
No, no, no. Well, for now, it's just, I mean, this book just came out three weeks ago, so I'm really excited and uh, want to do a lot of big things in, in this country for now. And, uh, well, uh, see what happens. But I, you know, my life is on... Since quit, um, I now just turned 44. It is amazing the depths that I'm still going into still discovering new things it is just and everybody that's still drinking is looking at me like oh god when is she ever going to stop well probably never it's just i am the strongest i've ever ever been and there's so much more to come really it's no i can go on forever annie it is great yeah really happy I love that. I love that. And I think it's so cool. And I love that idea of, of sort of an international network. We should really do that somehow. I don't know what that looks like, but that would be yeah, really cool. I've, Maybe I've been just... sort of chatting with Catherine Gray. I mean, she's really close to me, but I mean, everybody's busy and, and all of that, but you know, so who knows because we're all online and we're all doing stuff and who knows what we can do. We can do anything if we, you know, do it online or combine things or whatever. So that's awesome. That's a great idea. Um, so what I always like, what else do you want to, do you have anything else to add before I sort of ask you the question I always ask? Um, uh, well, uh, uh, no, I think I did say a lot already. I don't even know what time it is. We did go on for a long time already. No, but it's been awesome. I, it's been I, so I great. Oh, what I do want to say is what I find really interesting. I'm now working with two psychologists about the effect of quitting on your relationship, Ooh. on your sexual relationship, on your intimacy, on your connection, on everything. Because my husband and I have been together for 10 years and we were drinking for the first eight and we had to find ourselves to get everything and everything all, all, all over again. And it was really, really hard. And it's a big taboo and I've now opened the taboo in, in the coaching group that I have and it resonates with everybody like God, yes and I didn't dare bring it up they say you know no I'm thing but uh, but it's a big thing so I'm excited to um, you know to 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 delve into the, the effect it has maybe not just on, on you know, with your spouse but with you know your friends and everything really really interesting yeah, that's going to be amazing. That's fascinating. Do you have any resources that are in English or is it all in Dutch? The last thing I didn't hear, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just wondering, I said that's fascinating, first of all, but I was also wondering, do you have any resources in English or are they all in Dutch? Uh, I did just make an English book proposal and I work with four professors in this country and one of them works on Mount Sinai in Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. Great. So uh, I do have a bit of English here and there, but. Okay, cool. So more to come for sure. So we'll more stay tuned. And of course there's the dream to uh, be published internationally, but. Um, yeah. Who knows? Amazing. Awesome. Well, um, what I always ask at the end of these is like, if you could go back and, you know, talk to yourself a, three or four years ago and just tell, tell yourself what life is like on the other side, what would you say? Oh, that is such a good question. Well, my intuitive answer would be to say that uh, she would probably not listen <laughs> and be annoyed 
Um, because the one, the Jacqueline from four years ago uh, is completely convinced that nothing in her life will ever bring her such happiness, such joy, such butterflies in her stomach on my bicycle on my way to the bar as drinking. And well, I think that that would be the most important thing that I would want to say to her, that there is something at the other side that is um, going to, is going to bring her everything that she thinks she finds in the glass. Mm. That's so cool. I, I thought I found in the glass. I thought I found when I quit the glass, when I left the glass behind. Yeah. And you must not have actually found it in the glass because you were still obviously looking. If you did, you would have never started questioning. Yeah, and I kept going back to the glass. Yeah. I had to go back all the time. Yeah. And didn't find it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much, Jacqueline. It's just been such a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word. 